Hello and welcome to episode 169 of the Thinking LSAT podcast in Vienna, Virginia. This is Ben Olson. With me is Nathan Fox in Los Angeles. How's it going, Nathan? Awesome, man. How are you? Doing good. Uh, just last night had the post LSAT drinking party here in DC at a bar that has ski ball, pool, and old arcade games. That was pretty fun. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, most people who came, since they had just taken the LSAT, were now thinking a lot about their personal statement. And I just had so much to say about it, given all that we've been doing together with personal statements. Like in the past, it was kind of like, hey, yeah, good luck with that, you know? But um, we see so many these days, I just I couldn't stop talking about them. Yeah, we're going to have to write that book. We are. Yeah. We'll work on it. One Someday. of our projects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Oh, nothing. I'm uh, just kind of shaking off the cobwebs this morning. I feel like every time we talk, uh, I am hungover from the night before. I went to a party last night for Casa. Have I told you much about this uh, volunteering thing that I do for Casa? Anyway, they had a mm. Christmas party, like volunteer, thank you, whatever. And there was an open bar and then just hung out after that and yeah, just ended up uh, having a long one. So anyways, that's why I'm running a little bit late this morning. No worries. Cool. So today on the show, um, <laughs> we're going to talk about a cool feature of Tesla's cars uh, that helped some of the people with the California wildfires. I thought they were cool. We have a question on how do I study after a disappointing LSAT score? Another emailer wrote in and said, hey, I'm asking some advice for a friend, hmm. Okay, probably for themselves. But anyway, yeah, right. uh, Nicholas asks us to brutally review his personal statement. <laughs> oh, boy. No problem. And then if we have time, we might get to question number four in Elsa India. So, cool. yeah. You can always email us at help at com. Those go to Sarah, who's doing an amazing job organizing the agenda for us. Thank you, as always, Sarah. If you do send in a question and you're so inclined, please send us your selfie as well. We may include it in the show uh, posts. So if you have not joined the Facebook group, it's the Thinking LSAT podcast group on Facebook. It now has 1,110 members. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on there. I actually have not been on the Facebook group for a few days now. I moved it off my home screen on my phone, and okay. now it's like I forgot about Facebook. So I will get back on there because it's fun. But um, in any case, I'm trying to like be more disciplined in my life. You're trying to be more disciplined in your life. Yeah, that's pretty vague. I don't know. What am I trying to do? Oh, I'm trying not to get sucked into like Facebook and Instagram all the time. You know, it's it's become this like – Oh, I don't have something to do right now. Homepage, Instagram, as opposed to thinking about what I should actually probably be doing next or what I not what I should be, but what I actually want to be doing. There's so many things I want to do. Like I even want to work on this personal statement book, right? But instead I'm just on Instagram. So <laughs> I do that with Twitter. I yeah. just like reflexively just check it and I'm like scrolling, you know, I just find myself like no, I was looking at it 30 seconds ago, and now I'm looking at it again 
just yeah. to see if somebody, put, <laughs> you know, yeah, like what like, has happened in the next last like two minutes, just to see if our asshole president made another, you know, horrible tweet or something. It's like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't need to be doing that shit either. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I like connecting with people on this stuff, but I want to just do it more deliberately. That's all. I see. Speaking of Twitter, you can tweet us at thinking LSAT. You can tweet Nathan at N Fox and me at Olson Benjamin. We also both offer classes. I'm in DC and Nathan is in LA and San Francisco. My website is strategyprep.com. Nathan's is foxlsat.com. We also do online classes and one-on-one tutoring. Mostly, well, you said almost all of it is through Skype, right? All of it is through Skype for you now. Yeah, yeah, all of it these days. Yeah, I would say about two-thirds is Skype for me and another third is in D.C. But uh, we also both have a joint project. It's the LSAT Demon. If you haven't heard about it yet, it's a place where you can go and do targeted practice questions. You just pick your poison, either logical reasoning, games, or reading comp, and start doing practice problems, and the demon will figure out how good you are at each of those things and start giving you questions or games or reading comp passages that are targeted to your ability so that you're not wasting time on easy ones or, for that matter, on hard ones when you should be at wherever you're at. So that's the LSATdemon.com. We get a lot of feedback, by the way, about the demon, and it's overwhelmingly positive, and we appreciate it very much. I just included this snippet because I thought it was funny. Someone wrote in, they said, I recently wrote down or noticed a typo. It is for the LR question regarding 90% of human brains. Choice B has jack of certainty, when I believe it should be lack of certainty. I was like, yep. Yeah, I don't know how it got to be jack of certainty, but it's certainly not jack of certainty. It's lack of certainty. I can be certain of that. And so we fixed that. Then he goes on, overall, though, I honestly couldn't say one bad thing about the demon. It's the most convenient manner of studying, particularly preventing any excuses as to why I'm not studying at any given moment of leisure. And that (laughs) accountability is amazing. Um, It's kind of a long sentence, but (laughs) I appreciate the sentiment. And then he goes on, let me know if I can help out in any other way. Um, yeah, it's been fun to work on this with you, Nathan. It's cool. That, it, yeah. I am very excited. I can't wait to see what happens next with it. But this is, I mean, it's obviously helping people if, uh, you know, this this student, for, for example, just carving back that time, you know, everybody's busy, right? Everybody's got school, work, family, friends, all kinds of stuff that you have to do. And, uh, this student is just like finding a moment to do a question. And if you do that, you're going to be making progress. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If do you think, think most it, people are using it on their phones or, or, or on a tablet or on a laptop? I don't know. The sense I have is that most people are using it on their phones and yeah. that's what we designed it for. We, I mean, we also made it so you can do it on a tablet or on your laptop, of course, but we designed everything with the phone in mind because we thought that that's really where people could benefit, right? They could go on a trip and they don't have to haul around their heavy LSAT books. They can just have all of it on their phone. Yeah. So what we're recommending then is that everybody take your phone, go to LSATdemon.com and then sign up and start using the demon for your prep. But then also go ahead and just delete Facebook, Instagram, (laughs) 
Tinder, Snapchat, all that. You could, all that could be just gone, and you could just like get serious and start yeah. studying. Yeah, I mean, some people have said they are addicted to the demon. If you could become addicted to the demon as opposed to Facebook or Instagram, it's not going to make a difference between today and tomorrow. But two weeks from now, four weeks from now, that's a huge difference. That's yeah, yeah, that, that would be good. Cool. We have an update on our personal statement service. Oh, <laughs> I I asked Sarah to put this on there because I wanted to yell about the pricing. <laughs> I Ben, you I texted you my I was hypothesizing about how we should price our personal statement. Oh service. yeah, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So people who are curious, it costs two thousand it, um, dollars. It's expensive, but that's because it's really good. It's $1,995, but I was texting Ben complaining about um, how some of the statements that we work on require much more work than others do. That is true. Yeah. And there is a correlation for sure between your LSAT score and your personal statement quality. Mm, I'm sorry, but this is just 100% true. And those of you who have higher LSAT scores, you also have better personal statements. And I don't know why that is. You're better at English, for one thing. Um, You also might just be better at working hard. You might take it more seriously. And it's like a rich get richer sort of a thing, but it's easier to work on those personal statements that that start off in a better place. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was ranting to Ben about how I wanted to do a sliding scale on the price where we made it like 1000 if you're scoring 170 or above and 2000 if you're scoring 160 to 170 and then make it 3000 for anybody who's scoring less than 160. Um, <laughs> I don't know that we'll actually ever do that. <laughs> but... It's just, it's, it's so, I don't know. It's such, uh, it's just real. That's, that's, that's real life. Um, the rich get richer and I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I want to say about that. I just wanted to complain. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it, it will be interesting to see it as we do more and more statements, how often that holds up, but our experience so far, and we've done several and we have several that have been completed, it does seem like the higher the person is scoring, the the closer their statement starts off to where it should finish. Although all of them, as we've pointed out before, still were so far from where they needed to be. <laughs> I'm, not to, yeah. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it really um, it's. I think no, it's they're all trash. They're yeah. all trash. Don't don't get us wrong. They're they're so bad. And the <laughs> there's the one thing too that's a kiss of death. I love this one. I had four people look at it already. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like your friends, I'm sorry, but your friends are trash editors. Like your friends suck at editing. You don't, you, you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. And so this like, I mean, we even get like people want to like disagree with us sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I, you know, this is, it's all just subjective. Because I had so and so look at it, and I had so and so who's an attorney, and they looked at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but one, maybe they're just not giving you honest feedback. I think that's that's one big factor for a couple reasons. One, 
if anyone has any concern about their relationship with you, they're going to moderate their advice. It, it's just human nature that people do not <laughs> say exactly what they think to their friends because they're interested in how their friends feel and preserving that relationship and so on. But the other reason that these people aren't going to tell you honestly what they think is that it takes a lot of time and effort to actually provide feedback. It's so much easier to say, yeah, that sounds great. Um, I, I, I like where it's going. Maybe, maybe change this one thing because now they get the credit for helping you out, but they actually don't have to spend any time helping you out. Not, yeah. I mean, it's just, this is the way the world works, which is fine. I mean, that's how we all interact and we're nice to each other. and That's great, but it's not good for your personal statement because the person who reads it doesn't give a shit. Yeah, I'm I am I'm not nice when I'm giving feedback about the personal statement. It's not that's not that's not my job. I'm not your mom. I'm not like trying to babysit you. You're mm -hmm. supposed to be an attorney, right? You're mm -hmm. going to be a lawyer? Okay. Well, then you need to be able to hear like the harsh reality about your just personal statement where the theme and the writing completely missed the mark. Mhm. I got one from a, um, a student of mine in my San Francisco class, really smart, recent student of mine. And she sent me this personal statement. I mean, I think she ended up with 170 something LSAT and she's, you know, she's great. She's an awesome candidate, but I read her personal statement and it was really well written actually, but the theme of it made her sound like she was a babysitter basically. Hmm. And she's like been out of school for not that long, but she's been out of school for a year. You know, she's like an adult person. Mm -hmm. And now her personal statement is like her interacting with some autistic five-year-old or something. And it was just like, you're not painting the picture of yourself as this professional person. You're <laughs> the theme on that just missed it just was like it, it's like please you, surely you have something that can sound like a lawyer because mm -hmm. you're just not painting the picture of a lawyer now yeah you're making me it's like this this looks like a it just and you know if you imagine what that statement looks like in a stack of other very like vapid just <laughs> immature sounding statements that people write yeah and you i think so anyways, I, I, I think I, I didn't intentionally, but I kind of think hurt her feelings because I was like, hey, this sounds like you're babysitting this kid. Mm -hmm. But that's feedback that she really needed to hear because it does sound like she's babysitting this kid. Yeah. And it's like, do you want them to think of you as a babysitter? Or are you trying to make, you know, are you trying to paint a different picture of yourself as a future lawyer? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think the analogy here is if you could only choose one picture for Tinder, <laughs> you brought up Tinder before, right? If you could only pick one picture for Tinder, which picture are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the babysitter picture or are you going to choose the one where you're smiling and hanging out with friends? Like, how do you want to present yourself? You have one chance, one story, maybe two stories you can tell in your personal statement. Which stories are you going to tell and what image is that going to convey of you when the person is finished reading that story perfect yeah okay well 
So this first thing is this article that I can't remember who sent this to me, but oh, actually, my cousin sent this to me. I didn't realize that Tesla's had this bio weapon defense mode. Did you know about this? <laughs> yes, I read about this in the in the wildfires. Yes. So first of all, this is true, right? I'm assuming this is true. Yes. Okay. So the cars have the ability to clean out toxins and other things from the air. And so people were using their Teslas to drive around safely or at least breathe well in the California wildfire areas, which were, of course, heavily polluted with all that nasty smoke in the air. Um, Anyways, when I was reading this, they were talking about how Elon Musk had gotten a lot of flack when he first introduced these because everybody said, what the hell are you doing? And why are you spending money on this stuff? And it just sounds like Elon Musk to think of this sort of thing. Uh, he's you know, going to Mars because he wants to save us from planetary annihilation, if that ever happens. So the fact that he was thinking ahead to a bioweapon defense mode, bio-war, uh, is not surprising. But anyways, people were like, oh, look, it turned out to be useful. And so then I was thinking, what could we think ahead and put in the demon that would be like <laughs> – all of a sudden, people would be like, oh, wow, this feature seems so stupid, but now it has saved me. Um, I can't think of any, but I just wanted to share this because it's cool. And I, I, I really like Elon Musk. Um, I, I am smitten by him. So I when, amazing. <laughs> indeed. When, um, when Sarah or when the emails were going around about this, that this was going on to the agenda, do you remember what my response was? Yeah, Ben Ben is drunk. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I thought. I was for sure thought that Ben was drunk when he was sending out this that we were that this was <laughs> because it was like yeah, trying to make the connection of this story connected to the demon. It's just uh it's, it's attenuated, Ben. Yeah, I understand it breaks all bounds of logic. Um yeah, anyway. All right, but we could both just fanboy on Elon Musk a little bit. That's 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 fine. That's he is fine. he is pretty amazing. He's digging a tunnel under Los Angeles. It's uh pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. Cool. So the next one is actually LSAT related. Weekly pearls versus turds. So oh. far, zero to two, right? Two pearl or zero pearls, two turds. I'm, I already kind of glanced ahead to this one, and I'm I'm nervous about our scoreboard. But, anyways, <laughs> um, do you want to take it? Sure. Pearls versus turds is a feature where we uh, check out a piece of received scare quotes wisdom about the LSAT or law school admissions. And we decide whether this is a pearl of wisdom or a turd. Mm -hmm. So here it is. This again is also from the, uh, Facebook group. Um, so check out thinking LSAT, uh, podcast group on Facebook. If you want to chime in on this stuff, but, uh, this, this alleged piece of advice, (laughs) I mean, it is a piece of advice, right? Yep. Yep. It could just be a piece of real bad advice. We don't know. Yeah. All right. Here it is. Law schools often take the lowest score into consideration. <laughs> what? So, all right. Is that just, is that like trolling or is that 
so somebody actually thought that that was true. So it the way it's worded, like if I'm going to be a an asshole here, it does say law schools often take the lowest score into consideration. Consideration is a very weak word, right? Like they could glance at it and think about it for a half second. And now you could say that it's been taken into consideration. Um, maybe that does happen because they do see all your scores when they get your score report. But taking something into consideration, in other words, taking in the information is very different from acting on that information. So I would say that this is misleading at best, wrong, but most likely wrong. I mean, it's just they're going to take your highest score, and that's what's going to actually affect their decision. So, Right. And law schools don't help matters because law schools, annoyingly, when you ask them, hey, do you guys just take the highest score or do you average or what do you do with multiple LSAT scores? Mm-hmm. These fucking admissions folk will frequently say something true but misleading, which is, well, we see all of your scores on your score report. Yeah. That's not really answering the question. They they do get a score report that has all of your scores on it. Mm-hmm. But then they also, the very first thing they do is they take your highest score and they put that into their index calculation. And when they admit you, if you decide to go to their school, then the highest score is what gets reported out to the ABA. And that's what gets reported out to us news and world report. And they (laughs) decidedly really only care about the high one, but the admissions people, for whatever reason, I just doesn't make any sense to me, but they do frequently mislead students by saying, Oh, well, you know, we take all of the scores into account. I think one thing about the whole admissions process is that the more opaque they can keep it, the more vague it is, the less we know about how they make their final decision, the easier it is for them to reject people um, and not need to explain themselves, right? Because they are worried about people getting rejected and potentially suing them. It's not very common, but the, the more opaque or unclear the process is, the easier it is for them to say, hey, there was something about your application that we didn't like, and you can't pin it down, and therefore it's harder to go after them. I think, Interesting. I think that's one reason they tend to keep this whole process somewhat vague. I I could buy that. Yeah, I, I could buy that. I mean, and, and it may not necessarily even be for litigation. It's just that for whatever reason, they have some internal motivation to accept a, a bunch of people from some part of the country or for financial reasons they want to accept people. And the less is that is known about how those decisions are made, the easier it is for them to make decisions and for us to just look at them and go, well, it could have been because they had a great personal statement or it could have been because they had a low LSAT score on record or we, or whatever. We we don't know why someone was accepted. So then we or rejected. And so it's harder to then go after them and say, well, that's not a good reason. I think you should have accepted this person over this other person and they can start doing whatever they want. I think they also want to preserve the mystery of, um, 
they want to make it look harder to get in than it actually is. Sure. Because they, they want to make it look like more prestigious because they want to charge you more money. Mm. So they make it look like, you know, you're, they don't want anybody to think they're a shoe in mm-hmm. and they just, yeah, they don't, they don't want to, they want to make it look like a special thing, you know? Oh boy. You're, you're so lucky to have gotten into our prestigious <laughs> fancy law school after careful consideration. <laughs> right. Right. And when the truth is, listen, I looked at your 509 report and my LSAT score is higher than your 75th percentile. Like you're, you're admitting me. Yep. Stop, stop bullshitting. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, law schools do not take the lowest score into consideration. It might show up on that report, but they are only caring about your highest score. Yeah. So that is another turd. Pearls zero, turds three. (laughs) Watch out, internet. (laughs) (laughs) If you have any um, pieces of wisdom that you would like to, uh, you know, get get our our thoughts on, you can just email the show help at thinkinglsat dot com. With we we do need a we need a steady steady stream of um, potential pearls or turds. Yeah. So if there's anything you want us to uh, weigh in on, just uh, email the show. If you know it that it's agenda. a turd, you know you don't need to send it in. But if you get some advice from your law school admissions counselor or your pre-law advisor, and you are on the fence as to whether it's good advice or bad advice, or it seems conflicting with something else you've read online or what you've heard here, send it in. When you're in doubt, that's when we need to set things straight. So. Things that are on the fence, send them in, and Sarah will add them. Yeah, and don't waste Sarah's time, please. We need we need Sarah to stay on board. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Sarah offended me the other day because she, she offended you or offended? Yes. Oh, offended. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. I told her because she. I was asking why we didn't have an Elsa India question on the last episode. Yeah if that was a conscious decision or if it was just an oversight. Yeah. And I should have known that Sarah is not the type to really make oversights. Mm. She, she consciously had decided not to put it on, which is fine. I said, um, some students really love when we do that. And then other people I've heard listeners say that they skip every time we do an LSAT question. So that's, that's fine too. Um, but Sarah said she agreed with my assessment, which was that they're a little dry, but also really useful and she she said that she had actually been only listening to those like she had the day before or something. She had just only been listening to the LSAT questions, mm-hmm. which meant that she was skipping all of our other. Oh, yeah. Brilliant yeah. moments of the show and all our compliments to her. Yeah. So I totally busted <laughs> her on that. <laughs> Hey, no. take what you like. No. I also emailed her yesterday and told her that she was a goddamn delight because she is. Yeah. Oh, I agree. It's, it's been, it's been awesome having her on board. Plus I think that she should keep her hair blonde. Oh, I have, I have never I think seen. she, yeah, she, she had a picture and I guess her hair is naturally dark or I don't know what color it is, but 
her hair is blonde now, I think, or yeah, blonde-ish. And I said, that looks cool. And she said, oh, good to know. Um, she was having an internal, internal debate, I think. So, um, <laughs> wow. yeah, I would <laughs> endorse that. It looks cool. Um, all right. Anyways, so this next one is from Kylie. Hi there. My name is Kylie Postel. Is this really Postel? Um, thank you, Kylie. You just told us your whole name, if this is really your name. <laughs> um, I want to apply to law school. Okay. I have had a few obstacles with taking the LSAT exam, or I should say some unfortunate cases of bad luck. Ooh. Uh, General rule in life, if you... Um, if you are successful, you tend to attribute your success to luck. But if you're a failure and you attribute it to bad luck, you're probably not looking at the right source of the problem. Yeah. And anyways, long story short here is when you're failing at something, you probably want to look at what you're doing and not attribute it to bad luck, even if that exists. Says this, she continues. I was scoring an average of 161. I was set to take a September exam, and during a softball game, I suffered a hit to the head from a softball. All right, hmm. that's kind of bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> I stand, I step off my podium. Uh, needless to say, my doctor told me I needed to rest or I won't heal. She gave me a concerned look when I told her I was scheduled to take the LSAT in a few weeks. I had to cancel my registration. I took time off. I got back in the groove and also moved to Arizona and studied, trying to work on my focus, which I was struggling with after my injury, but I was doing better. Okay, so she had trouble focusing after her injury. Now she's doing better. I studied while working part-time, trying to find full-time employment. It was a struggle moving, but I took the LSAT in June 2018. My, my practice tests were doing a lot better. I had a few 165s and a few 159 ranges. Hmm. Okay. I scored a 142 on test day. I was disappointed. I knew I was under a lot of stress from moving, finding employment, and trying to get back in the groove after the head injury, but still, 142 was low for me. I did notice that when I got my results, my Logic Games score was very well. I went through mm -hmm. the Logic Games, Fox Logic Games book, and it was a tremendous help. Thank you. Reading comp is either really well or really bad, like <laughs> it was on test day. LR was so-so on test day. Okay. Now, I am currently in California working full-time uh, working full time in a good job. I took more time off and I feel better. I am better mentally to take a second test. I've done a lot of prep in the past, so I don't believe I would have a hard time getting back into the groove. What advice can you give me in regards to my self-study? How can I avoid that? odd low score I got in the past after scoring well in practice tests. Should I strive to take the February LSAT? Holy cow, there's a lot of questions here. Is taking time <laughs> 35 minute sections a good strategy when I have a busy work week? Actually, that seems like the best strategy when you have a busy work week. It's simple and it's a limited amount of time. Any advice or guidance would be appreciated. I really have been motivated to go to law school and I feel behind in the game because of my bad luck, but I'm persevering through it. 
I want a good score for the schools I'm looking at, and I want scholarships opportunities as I had in my undergrad. Like you guys say in your podcast, don't pay for law school. Thanks for any advice you can give me. You guys are awesome. Okay, so there's a lot of questions there. Do you have any thoughts on any of that? Maybe starting with the 142? Um, how do you go from 165s to a 142? Yeah. I have two hypotheses. Okay. Hypothesis number one is that that softball did more damage than we think. I'm not sure. I'm not sure she's recovered from all that. Well, wait, hold on. Did were these 165s after the softball injury or before? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm bad reading. Oh, yeah. Okay, she got back in the groove. There are a million things wrong with this email, which is why I'm real concerned. Mm-hmm. For one. You know, there is no February LSAT. Yep. Things like calling it the Fox Logic Games book. I mean, that's just not the title of the book. Mm-hmm. Not, not that I'm, I, I'm among a million other things in this email. She keeps saying, well, did you notice that? Yeah, like the score is good or high. Reading comp is either really well or really bad, like it was on test day. That actually sounds like she's heard she should say well instead of good. Like, how are you doing? I'm doing well because it's an adverb Um, as opposed to I'm doing good. (laughs) And now she's using it in other situations where good is actually correct. The next sentence doesn't have a period at the end of it. The couple sentences later, she says, I have done a lot of prep in the past. And she, it's a apostrophe L O T a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just saw this and I was like, oh my God, there you, (laughs) this does not look like an email that somebody who scores 165 would write. It's just a mess. I mean, there's, I can just glancing at it. I can see a place where there's two periods, two spaces in between sentences and then not like, it's one thing to be consistent, but right so there's like grammar mistakes there's just it's she i mean okay whatever she fired this off without really thinking about it she just sent it to me but i don't know (laughs) i'm i'm it just doesn't even make any sense my practice tests were doing a lot better i had this is a run-on sentence my practice tests were doing were doing a lot better i had a few 165s and a few 159 ranges yeah What does that mean? That's not a sentence. That's not, I don't know what that is. So anyway, when I, you know, Oh, when I I scored a one forty two on test day, exclamation point. It's like, well, this email sounds like someone who scores a one forty two. So I'm not trying to be a dick about anything. I'm just saying, (laughs) I I don't know where those one sixty fives came from. Um, and I'm not saying she's a liar. I'm just, I was, I'm scratching my head. I'm very confused. It is confusing. Okay. Um, everybody should know by now that if they email the show, they need to like tighten their shit up before they do it (laughs) because otherwise we're not going to be able to like, we're not going to be able to see past that. Right. This is, this is, I mean, and not to continue ranting about your personal statement, but like people write their personal statement. They think it's good and they send it off to us, the two most critical people in the world. And it, it sounds like this. Yeah. We read two sentences and we're like, this is garbage. What are you doing? 
Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be able to even deal with the content of what you're trying to tell us when you haven't taken the time to like clean up your goddamn writing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I don't, I really didn't mean to rant about that, but, um, how do you score? Okay. So I have some ideas about how you score 142. If you've been scoring 165s, my number one hypothesis is on the day you go in there trying to get like a better score than you've ever gotten on any of your practice tests. I think this is the number one way that people crash and burn on test day. Mm -hmm. They go in there and they either go too fast trying to get 180 or they go too slowly trying to get 180. Yeah. When they're just not capable of a 180, almost no one is capable of a 180. Yep. And if you shoot for a 180, you can cause yourself to get a 142 when you were fully capable of getting something, it sounds like in the low 160s, she should have easily been able to get something in the low 160s. Yeah. And so she, because I, I don't know this for a fact, but it's a, a very common thing is that people just like, okay, today's the day. This is the big day. Yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, it's, it's today's, this is, and then they build it up and they make it like this big, super fraught thing you know it's like so scary and they anyway if you go in there and play a game that you don't have then that's how you completely crash and burn yeah right speaking of that uh a few students i talked to last night said that the first question in one or both of the logical reasoning sections seemed unusually difficult and then they did the rest of the logical reasoning section and everything seemed fine. But because it was the first question, they were kind of like, huh? Like, oh no, maybe maybe I'm not doing very well because I expect it to be super easy. It's number one. And if that was true, if it really was a little more difficult than usual for the first question, I think that this mentality that you're talking about, today I'm going to do everything perfectly, uh, would lead to you getting totally derailed by that first question because your expectations aren't being met and you're <laughs> failing at something you expect to be very easy as a, as opposed to just treating it how you should treat it, which is one question. Okay. Do the question, do the best I can on it, go to the next one and not make a big deal out of one question. Yeah. People also think that there's, they, they don't understand that there is variance in how difficult the questions are throughout the section. Right. So sometimes people are like real embarrassed to ask me for help on number one, mm -hmm. like, cause they think that number one is supposed to be the, the easiest, easiest question, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it does not No, that's not how this works. The way it works is the questions generally over all on average, the questions get harder as you get deeper into the section. But number one can be trickier than number 10 sometimes. So it's not, <laughs> everybody needs to calm the fuck down. One thing you need to do is do more practice. If you do more practice, then you'll realize that, Hey, sometimes question number one is not the easiest question in the section. Yeah. Okay. So what? <sighs> I don't know what to say here to Kylie. Do you, you want, you have any other advice? Well, she asks, um, is taking time 35 minute sections a good strategy when I have a busy work week? I would say, yes, it is. It's possibly self-serving, but 
if you don't even have time for a 35-minute section, sign up for the demon and do one question. And depending on how well you do in that tool, it will guide you to the difficulty level that you should be at. So you can do 15 minutes of questions if that's all you got that night. And then the next day when you have 35 minutes, do the 35-minute section. But if you don't have time to do a 35-minute section four days a week, um, maybe this isn't the time for you to think about going to law school. You need to be able to make that time. Yeah. At a minimum. Yeah. The, this, this like complaining about bad luck and stuff is just not, that's just does, it doesn't, that's not sounding like a lawyer complaining about like, I have a full-time job, you know, is that's not a thing that a lawyer does. So yeah, you know, it's a common question I get. People say, oh, um, I have a unique situation. I'm I'm working right now, and I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to work and then come to your class at night. And I say, well, you know, it starts at 630 because pretty much everyone in the class is working. I, I there's It's actually more <laughs> or less common that someone is in school and therefore has time during the day that working people don't. I, I look around at my class and I, I think pretty much everyone is working at some full-time job. Often it's at a law firm in the city or on the hill, and those jobs are not necessarily nine to five. These people are working longer hours, coming in sometimes later. Class starts at 6.30, they show up at seven because they were working. So that's the norm. That's the norm. Yeah, lawyers don't sleep. I mean, you're if if you're complaining about your full-time job and you can't find 35 minutes in your schedule, well, there are other people with full-time jobs and school and family and friends and a whole big life and those people are yeah, I don't know, they're just not sleeping. That's fine. They they're, <laughs> or they're not they watching are, TV because they're getting rid of Netflix or whatever, right? right? And yeah. they just they go to work. You can do it if you can refocus on what you truly want. It doesn't have to be something right. that's complete drudgery. If you work because you're trying to earn money or hopefully like what you do, but you also want to go to law school, then you go to work and then you come home and you eat. You don't need to stress out. You just say, okay, instead of sitting on the couch for 35, 45, hour, <laughs> hour and a half watching some show, you just say, Instead of doing that, I'm going to go sit at the table, start my timer, and bam, 35 minutes later, you've done a section. It's not, it's actually not that crazy. As long as you don't get sucked into things like Facebook or all this stuff that sometimes we all do because we have all this stuff at our fingertips and it's easy to get distracted. Yeah. And if you, if you don't make it a priority, then it's just not going to happen for you. Yeah. You just, you just have to decide, you have to decide that you're going to make this an everyday self-improvement project. It's, it's like fitness or like anything else. You just have to chip away at it. You mm -hmm. have to do it, but you have to decide that this is going to be your priority. People need to, I don't, young people especially are too unreasonably beholden to their jobs. Do you, do you find this like people who are they're presumed they're going to law school, mm. right? I mean, that, their plan is to go to law school, which means they're going to quit their job. 
Yep. But then they like, they let their job just completely run their life. Mm -hmm. And if you're studying for the LSAT, you need to make the LSAT your number one priority. I mean that no, I'm not saying this isn't test masters or whatever. I'm not saying like study 40 hours a week or something stupid like that. (laughs) I'm, but I am saying your best hour of the day needs to be given to the LSAT Mm -hmm. because that's the way you're going to make the quickest improvement is if you bring your best self to it. Mm -hmm. And so if that means Ben, I love your tip about leave work on time. Yeah. I love that so much. Y'all need to leave work. (laughs) You just get, just tell them you're leaving. Mm -hmm. And if that means that you're going to get passed over for a promotion, or if that means that you're going to get fired or whatever, well, fuck it. Who cares? Because law school is once you start law school, it's you're in a totally different world anyway. Mm -hmm. So your stupid job that you have now, I mean, I get it. Like everybody has to have a job. You, you need the money, but there are other jobs, you know, and, um, also you're, you're not going to get instantly fired because you decide that you're going to like start working a normal person schedule and carve out an hour a day for your LSAT prep. If you don't do this, then you're just going to be like, we don't, we love you, but we don't want you to be studying for the LSAT for two years. Mm -hmm. And that's what people do who don't make LSAT prep their priority. They just like, it never happens for them. Yeah. Maybe that's about it for Kylie. I think so. Yeah. Kylie, I'm sorry for making fun of your writing and I'm, I really don't mean to be mean, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was scratching my head. I didn't know what to t- didn't know what to say. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Yeah. Good afternoon. I have been listening to the podcast for some time now, and I love it! Exclamation point. I have a question to be asked for the podcast. Hmm. Put in the <laughs> passive voice here. <laughs> the question shall be asked by whom we don't know, Squire. <laughs> I love that voice that you just did right there. That was great. <laughs> okay. Um, <sighs> people need to, to just what people with their writing, they just need to fucking just stop. <laughs> we need you to be direct. <laughs> Do you have a question for us? Do we have an answer for you? <laughs> yeah. You don't ever need to say, I have a question to be at. What? It's like, thank you for the compliment about, I love it. That's great. But even I have been listening to the podcast for some time now. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, you're emailing the show. Presumably you have been listening to the podcast for some time. <laughs> some, so at least a day. <laughs> it's, this is literally devoid of meaning. I mean, or it's not devoid of meaning, but we know that you are a listener. <laughs> so you're not telling us anything that we don't. Anyway, sorry. Hey, Nathan, I just um, had a thought. Do we, Do you and I need to go to like a therapist? I think we were... <laughs> <laughs> We read people's emails and we just can't hold ourselves back. We're just like, okay, time to shit on it. 
I'm I'm becoming I'm becoming worse. I mean, I'm like becoming actually the worst. That is because true. I, I I have to yeah. confirm. No offense. I'm not. <laughs> no, I am. I am 100% the worst. The more it's weird, like the more time we spend editing, mm-hmm. I just have no fucking patience for for these things anymore. It's like I I don't know. People need to like snap out of it. I want to like shake people. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. We need to go to therapy. That's great. Ben. we'll go to like couples counseling. Yeah, We could go get together or separately. I don't know. I think we should do both. I think we should each go have our own special therapy time, but then we could also do a joint one. They could give us like poorly worded, sentences or emails and then have and we just like, breathe yeah yeah take a deep breath we're like <gasps> but why was there no fucking comma <laughs> <laughs> i want one of those foam bats so that i can start beating the shit out of everything you know <laughs> don't they do that in therapy sometimes I, like punch pillows and yell and stuff i need to do that i don't know yeah that sounds helpful okay all right i'm oh, continuing on with this mm-hmm. email um A friend of mine recently was suspended for a year due to sexual misconduct at the college they went to, comma, they have decent grades and is waiting to get their LSAT score back, but would it really matter though, question mark. Oh, 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 oh. why are they using the, the they? The plural they for an individual. They're trying to identify their gender, which probably is male. And even if it, if you identify it as male, <laughs> we're not going to know who did this. Women can be guilty of sexual misconduct, Ben. Oh, I'm not saying they can't be. I'm just saying probabilistically. What's, what are the <laughs> odds? I don't, know. I don't know. Kids these days with the pronoun choice, whatever. If people want to be referred to as they, that's fine. I think that this is probably just somebody's trying to make it anonymous as much as, much as they can, which, yeah. is, which is fine. But this sentence is just garbage, though. Garbage. This is, this is a terrible sentence. Why are you writing trash? What? Did you read? Please, people, read your shit before you send it out the door. I mean, a friend of mine recently was suspended for a year due to sexual misconduct at the college they went to. Then there's not a period here. This is a comma. Yep. Comma. They have decent grades and is waiting (laughs) to get their LSAT score back. So now we have subject verb disagreements. Yep. But would it really matter though? Question mark. But would it really matter though? But would it really matter? But, <laughs> but would it really matter though? Question mark. <sighs> I like, did you go to fucking college? What, how, how do you possibly graduate from college and have that write that sentence? Isn't this like partly the fault of colleges who are, um, moving away from the basics like i i got a letter sorry for the distraction here but i got a note from my one one of my kids uh teachers and she was talking about how she was concerned because he wasn't as focused in class as he'd like to be and i'm like hey you know he's six i don't really care about that is he learning how to read and is he learning some math 
That's all I care about. And I think about college and I'm like, people need to be able to graduate from college and know how to write and know how to do some math. Yeah, and totally. It's like they get off on all these fancy subjects and they're experts, quote, experts in these esoteric ideas. And it's like, yeah, but can you communicate and do some basic deductions? That's all. I am I am shocked at the poor quality of the writing that we see just on the regular. I, I, ca- I can't believe that people are graduating from college and they write like this. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, but it's, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Continue. Yep. They are worried that the words, quote, suspended sexual misconduct on their transcript will now allow them to even get into any colleges they wanted to T O O because of the negativity associated with sexual misconduct. <laughs> there is negativity associated Negati- with there's sexual negativity associated with it. I would, uh, yeah, there is, by the way. <laughs> that that sentence is trash. You're going to put two wanted to, and you're going to put T O O. Okay. You've got the typo on now. I mean, maybe people are like sending shit in on their phone or something. Like it's dictated and they're not saying comma and period and stuff like that. Yeah. I, (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, Sarah, please feel free to, you know, not put emails like this on the show. Mm. But remember when we told Sarah to start, mixing in shitty ones from time to time just like as a surprise yeah i think this might be the one oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm serious because it's so terribly worded and it's like just the most terrible idea in the world look this next sentence they were falsely accused for something they didn't do comma but i know they didn't do it but i know they didn't do it you wouldn't want to contrast with something you just asserted you said something they, <laughs> they were do. falsely accused. Yeah. <sighs> falsely accused for something they didn't do. Well, they were, so they were falsely accused. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And they didn't do it. You already said that when you said they were falsely accused, <laughs> but I know they didn't do it. <laughs> also, they fucking did it. Yeah. I listen, you were suspended for sexual misconduct. That is not the type of thing that just happens very lightly. 99% of the time that, it it happened. So, or <laughs> something bad happened that they shouldn't have been doing. They got suspended from school because of sexual misconduct and it's on their transcript. You know, schools don't just put shit like that on your transcript, like without evidence. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you, your friend's a dick. Your friend did it and your friend got suspended from school, which he should have. And if that keeps him from going to law school, yeah, potentially. I mean, (laughs) this is, I know, I know Sarah put this in here because it's so terrible. She did. This is the, this is the funny one. She's been, she's like, I can get a picture of her like 
rubbing her hands together, like just gleefully <laughs> waiting for us to get to this one. <laughs> How should I guide my friend? We are very close and we always talked about starting a law firm together. <laughs> what? What? I'm sorry. Like I got distracted because I was looking up sexual assault uh, statistics. <laughs> So, yeah, I was curious. Great. What, what percentage? Uh, so, ninety-six percent of perpetrators are men. So. Oh yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> At least I'm according surprised to it's not higher, study. huh? I'm surprised it's not higher. I'm surprised but, yeah. it's not higher. But anyway, so so this <laughs> most likely man. Um, but I, then I heard you say they want to start a law firm together. Wait, what? <laughs> laughable just like you you do you look at those sentences you're gonna start a law firm really your partner is probably lying to you about what they did and now you're gonna be partners with them in business i'm I'm sorry not your partner your friend your friend is lying to you your future partner i don't know if i'd go into business with him or her unless of course this is you I would love to get your insight into what they should do so I can help guide them. There's no way to remove it from their transcript, apparently, and I feel really bad because they have always wanted to become a lawyer and go to a good law school. Now they are saying that admissions won't help them if they try to explain what happened in their personal statement, so getting a good LSAT score won't even help that much in them getting admitted. <laughs> did you have to take a breath there? How did you make Holy it through that sentence? Holy shit. <laughs> I feel so bad. I'm, I'm sorry. I really, I am sorry. I apologize. This is a listener reaching out for help. And I just... You, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, this email is garbage. You do not seem like a lawyer to me. You need to work on your writing. You need to read shit out loud. Um, so that you can hear. I mean, I was literally running out of breath when I was reading that sentence. If that happens, then that means it's not a good sentence. So you need to try harder and write a better sentence. Oh, and yeah, <laughs> The, like, just, it's so, this is, it's just, I mean, really, oh, they always wanted to be a lawyer? Come on. Sorry, go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't believe this email now. This is, this is written, this is a friend of mine, so it's written by the person who actually has the sexual misconduct on their record. Right? And, I don't know, so now this whole thing is like a ruse. It's weird. If you if you always thought about being a lawyer, you should have thought about that when you were sexually assaulting someone on campus. Like does 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 sexual assault have long-term possibly permanent ramifications? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, cuz you're crossing the boundaries of, boundaries of someone else and there are consequences for doing that. If there weren't, then people would cross the boundaries of other people all the time. That's sorry, but that's the reality. Yeah, we're we're believing the uh we're believing women here on uh sexual assault. I mean, it's so hard for women to even come out and make those accusations. And if if she came out and said something, that's because that shit happened. Um you know, call your state bar. Um 
the 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 best best thing to do here, you know, if you want to know whether this is going to actually prevent you from being allowed to practice law in your state, you need to call your state bar association and ask them that question. Yeah. And just be honest and say, here's exactly what it says on my transcript. And, um, maybe what happened. I mean, I, I imagine there are ranges of sexual misconduct. Sexual assault sounds worse than sexual misconduct. Um, and so maybe you need to write an addendum and come out with what happened. If what happened is not as bad as our imagination might take us, given the vagueness of the term sexual or yeah, phrase sexual misconduct. I don't know. Who knows? This is, it, it, it's not, it's not going to be good for you. Like that on your transcript is not good. Yeah. You were gone and for a year. That's, that's not good. You got suspended from school. I mean, they, they, <laughs> they just don't suspend people from school for things that aren't serious. And, you know, even if you, this is the worst luck that ever happened to anybody and you're completely innocent, um, don't know what to tell you because that's uh, that's a real bad thing. And yes, I mean it. It very likely does keep you from going to law school, and um, I mean it probably should. Also, these sentences are just—I can't believe how bad they are. And I, you're not a lawyer anyway. Like you, you need to write better first of all to be a lawyer. Yep. <laughs> we get the compliment. I mean, and also, like, do you get catch the laziness at the end of that second paragraph too? The so getting a good LSAT score won't even help them that much in getting them admitted. What do you mean? The laziness? Well, it's just like oh. wanting to make an excuse like, oh, so I don't need to study for sure, the LSAT sure. now. Like, what difference would it make? Why should I even try? Right. Well, I mean, and so my very honest response to that is you shouldn't try. Just don't. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Okay. You, right. you, you need to go find another career that it excites you enough to actually try and fight for what you want because lawyering is not going to be your thing i mean it's like (laughs) you have no idea how hard it is if you're saying you know this is like whining about a thing that didn't happen you allegedly but i'm oh but now i don't want to study for the lsat because it's good score is not going to do anything right good score is not even going to matter right yeah it's like yeah okay you've already decided yes you're you're correct <laughs> well, you're not going to get a good score anyway and two you're yes it's not going to do anything so just don't it's like just this non-starter give up um okay thank you exclamation point and keep up the podcast i love listening to them and telling my friends to tune in exclamation point <laughs> probably not anymore <laughs> I, um, I hope you do <laughs> I hey really we only do this because we're trying to help you and so um yeah if you've listened to more than one episode you you know that you're gonna get like harsh reality from us and so there there you have it yeah confidentiality notice colon i would like my name and email to be confidential thank you okay so there's an email from confidential yep all right, here's the here's the personal statement. Annalisa here. Annalisa helps out with the podcast every now and then. I helped edit my brother Nicholas's personal statement, which rev- revolves around his missionary experience in Mongolia. 
He wants you to be as brutal as possible. Thanks in advance. All right, Annalisa, we will read your brother's personal statement. Uh, should I start? Yep. Let's do this. All right. I saw two twin kindergarten-aged girls and their 10-year-old brother look at me with dirt-caked faces. <laughs> what do you think? That's the first sentence. We got to talk about it. I, I don't think they're looking at you with their face. For one thing. <laughs> I mean, they have dirt caked faces. Yeah. But like, why are you saying look at me with their face? Mm-hmm. I, we, most people have their eyes on their face and they're looking at you with their eyes. <laughs> but looking at me with dirt caked faces, it's so clunky. I know what Anne Levine would say as well, what? which is, well, we're not learning anything about you. Yeah. You, this is the first sentence and it's not about you. It's I saw, what did you see? You saw some dirty little kids looking at you. Who gives a shit? What, who are you? Uh, you know, all I'm getting here is like, I saw poverty. Yep. I don't care that you saw poverty. I care what you did about it. So cut out the, I saw these things and instead just like, say what happened, say what you did. Okay. So I will, (laughs) (laughs) I will give him this. We, I do see something like clearly it does tell me a little bit about Nicholas. He's in a poor area, but I agree. The focus of the first sentence is too much on these children Plight of the downtrodden is the worst possible theme because everyone tries to do it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Nicholas is going to go that way with this, but it makes me think that that's the way it's going because you're talking about poor people. You know, it's, it's just, I I agree that there's a little, there's something here. There's a spark of something here, like a vivid, you know, trying to paint a picture sure it's just this isn't looking like i don't know it's i i guess i want to keep reading yeah but (laughs) i would i would be making lots of judgments already like after one sentence i would say this too nicholas i was a little nervous when i read i saw two twin kindergarten age girls and this is your personal statement i don't know just Talking about young girls in your personal statement, maybe it's because we just read an email about sexual misconduct, but it sort of made me like, why are we talking about this uh, thing right now? That just made me nervous. So um, I know that's not what's going on here at all, but I don't know. It's just not the right word to have in here, I feel like. Girls? Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Um, well, like, why Why does gender matter? What? What? What are we doing? Oh, I'm not talking about girls or boys. I'm just saying no, young I'm, people. I'm saying to Nicholas. Yeah. Why Why does that matter? Mm-hmm. Why do I need to know that these were girls? 
what's why are you, why are we pointing that out? Why is that detail here? Yeah. How does the how does the fact that they were kindergarten aged girls help you get into law school? Why how does why does that make you a lawyer? Yeah. Anyway. So they continue next sentence. They lived in filth, okay? Now that's about them, not about you. Strewn across the dirt floor of their What? Jer- I'm I'm giving him credit that that might be a Mongolian thing. My my hypothesis is that that is the what like a tent would be called in in Mongolia? Jerlay? Gur, no, gur, lay. Oh, gur, trash. Lay. So, lay trash. Okay. No, the dirt what? floor of their gur. Oh, gosh. I'm not even like, okay. <laughs> I'm like trying to put those words together. Okay. Well, of their gur, lay trash. Also, yeah. Yeah. Don't just don't put that in there because it looks like a typo, right? And if, if we don't know Mongolia, I mean, I'm. I should not be having to infer that this is a, the name of a tent in Mongolia. I, I think I'm right, <laughs> but I don't. I don't need to be doing those gymnastics. You could say fucking tent. Well, I'm looking up the definition. I can't f- find it. It actually has some other meanings from Mongolian. A male convert to Judaism from Mongolian. <laughs> like, I don't, what? I don't understand. Well, okay, it's so not that. It's clearly okay. not what he meant, but it's confusing. Strewn across the dirt floor of their gur lay trash, molding potatoes, and watermelon rinds eaten down to the bone with no more than a quarter of an inch of white left. <laughs> oh, what? boy. Okay, we're still talking <laughs> about them and the... The harsh conditions that they're in. I mean, yeah, this is this sucks for them. That that detail right there is is so. This is exactly one of those details that has the exact opposite of the of its intended effect, mm. right? Like Nicholas is trying to paint a picture of poverty for us here. Yeah, but by including the fact that they're the watermelon rinds are eaten down to the bone, <laughs> which they don't have bones. But they don't have bones. So you don't like, want to stop use an analogy, that. a food analogy with food. That's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then also there is a quarter of an inch of white left. So no more than a quarter of an inch of white left. It actually makes it look like they, Oh, well they could have still eaten more of it. <laughs> so maybe they're not that hungry, I guess. Uh, it's just it's just everything so trying, far trying all of this hard. yes all of this needs to go all so so far i ha- there's nothing here that i would keep goodbye all of that gone next sentence i asked them when they had last seen their parents they did not remember okay wow that's tough that's t- that sucks that's uh, i mean that's obviously a very powerful moment I mean, that's, yeah, it's great. You're in Mongolia. You're doing work with poor people. That's awesome. But I, I, so far I, I need, I need you to be doing things because right now all you're doing is like, you're there. That's good. But you're feeling sorry for them, which is, I don't care about that. Everybody feels sorry for them. Yeah. So people, Mm. You know what I compl- I I was yelling at my student the, the other one that I said like it looked like she was babysitting. This looks like babysitting. Right? I mean, 
Nicholas is literally in the room with kindergartners and a 10 year old. Yeah. And so it's like, well, okay, but that's not a lawyer thing. And the student of mine, the, I want to make this point. She was trying to like use compassion as a big selling point for herself. Yeah. I, I don't think that's a good selling point (laughs) for lawyers. Lawyers. Some of the best lawyers I know are some of the least compassionate people I know. I'm sorry, but that's, that's just the reality. Like it, you don't, and some of the most compassionate people I know completely washed out of being lawyers because it's, it was too hard for them to like the harsh reality of sometimes your client loses. And so I just don't, I don't, I don't think compassion is, it's not a compelling theme for me. Think about the, Think about this for a half second. You make money as an attorney and your uh, opponent's attorney makes money as an attorney by fighting with each other. You fight and then you both make money. You know, there's this famous phrase or saying that yeah, I love this. lawyers always win, right? Oh, oh what were you going to say? I thought you were going to say. Oh, something like um, a, a, uh, a lawyer, a, a solo practitioner in a small town can make a good living but two solo practitioners in that same small town can both make a great. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that great living comes from conflict. So when people are not happy with each other, you win. And that's the, the same idea. Lawyers always win comes from the fact that when you have two large corporations going after each other, one of them might be annihilated, might lose, might even win, but lose because they spent so much money fighting. But, the law firms that work for those companies always win. It doesn't matter who wins or loses the case. You still get paid as the losing attorney unless you have some weird contingency agreement. But even then, you're going to get some payment. And then you walk away as a winner. Um, bottom line here is that attorneys thrive on conflict. So compassion is nice in principle, but the reality of the work is, is that that doesn't help much <laughs> unless you're like lawyers, pro bono. And even right. then you're fighting with people. Lawyers are gladiators of the English language, right? Mm-hmm. You hire a lawyer because you want them to go into courtroom and kill. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you I, I don't want my lawyer to be compassionate. Yeah. I want my lawyer to be a fucking killer. Yeah, if you get in trouble, if you get in legal trouble, you're not going around looking for the person who's going to sit there and understand you the best. Oh, I understand what you're going through. You're going to find and want someone who maybe doesn't even care about you, but knows how to win. Right. It's it that this is not the helping type of field that people some somehow people think that like I'm going to be a lawyer so I could help people. Yeah. That's not, that's not, a, that's not what lawyers do. Y'all <laughs> lawyers fight over money. <laughs> that's mo- mostly what lawyers do is yep. they fight over money. Yeah. I mean, or they fight in, you know, like criminal court, they're fighting over, you know, whether we're putting somebody in prison or not, but you're, it's just not a, this is not a warm and fuzzy. Like it's not a good field for, if you want to like be human, be compassionate, uh, be a nurse. 
Like be go go do anything else besides being a lawyer. <laughs> you, you they don't people don't understand how zero sum it is and how cutthroat it is. Mm-hmm. It, it's you. It's war. <laughs> it's fighting. Yeah. Like, who are you going to put into the arena on your side? Somebody who's really warm and fuzzy and touchy feely, <laughs> or somebody you know with like blood under their fingernails because they're <laughs> just a killer. Mm-hmm. You want the killer? I don't know. So this is like, I, this is sweet, you know. Like Nicholas is a good person, but it's just a, not. This is not saying lawyer to me. Yeah. All right. Nicholas continues. Next paragraph. I do like the fact that your paragraphs are short, Nicholas. That's good. And short sentences, too. Yep. Yep. I left the kids with my companion and ran to the store. I used my own money to buy them necessary food and hygiene products. I returned with two bulging plastic sacks. (laughs) Distributing soap. Distributing. There's three of them. Distributing soap and bread to the kids. I boiled some water and put it in a basin allowing them to clean themselves. The smallest girl turned to me after washing her face, exclaiming that she was finally clean. Mm. Now I'm getting that skeevy thing about girl again. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to be talking about a girl cleaning herself. Mm. No, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know, obviously that's not <laughs> what's going on. I know. Yeah. Just we, like, we know you're, Nicholas, come on. you have good intentions, Nicholas, and you're helping them, but, it's not a good thing to talk about. All right. Later. It's also, this is babysitting again, right? Like this is you, you're literally helping a kindergartner wash her face. Yep. Great. You're a lovely person. You're a lovely human being. Awesome. That doesn't, that's not what a lawyer looks like. Yep. (laughs) Lawyer lawyers do not bring this up in a professional document that is supposed to be making a case for you as a killer law student and lawyer. This is not lawyer shit. Mm -hmm. This is babysitting. This is nursing. This is, it ain't, it's just, this isn't, this is supposed to be a professional document. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Continues later. Their mother returned with bags of new purses and clothes for herself. I did everything I could muster to stay silent. What? Like he was frustrated with her for not <laughs> providing for her children, I guess. I just want I just waved goodbye as their mother coerced them away from us. Mm. I ran back to the mission office with my companion and reported everything. A mission couple put them into state custody and I helped put them up for adoption. I never saw them again. Boy, I, um, Nicholas, this is just not good. I I would not talk about any of this at all. I'm not, I am not in a position to judge whatsoever, whether that mom was doing a good job or a bad job. It sounds like a bad job the way you're telling me the facts. But the reality is that (sighs) these dynamics are complicated and pulling children away from their parents is not necessarily something to be bragging about. No, the, it's yeah, it's like completely tone deaf. 
Like, you're, you're, what about <laughs> helping this mother figure out how to better raise her children and helping them stay with their mother? Like, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I have no clue. Some children need to be taken away from their parents. But my general assumption, presumption, that is, is that the answer is no. We should try to somehow help them stay together. And we do not know enough in three paragraphs to have any sort of sense whether that is the case. I don't think you had enough information with one interaction to know that. No. It, this, it, is, this comes off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. This well the so yeah this you have to blow up and start this whole thing over like this is gone like just this is a non-starter yeah I, I this is not the appropriate thing for your personal statement you're gonna have a skeptical reader who looks at this and thinks that you are like an imperialist right this is like the white man literally the white man yeah coming in to on a on a mission on a church thing apparently yeah. And you're coming in to these poor people who have a dirt floor. You said they have a dirt floor. Well, but that's their community. That's how they live. This is what life, different people have different modes of life. And now you're coming in and, you know, it's like the, the presumption of like, he notice he goes and gets necessary food and hygiene products. Yeah. Like that has a tone. Nicholas, I know you are not like a racist asshole, but as your attorney, I have to advise you that if you say this, some people are going to go, Oh, so you're a racist asshole. Mm. Like you're completely culturally insensitive. You don't realize that different people live in different ways. You came in, you started bossing people around. You went to the store and like, you have to have this stuff. And then, yeah, ended up like getting them, the kids taken away from their mom. Holy shit. <laughs> and you're like presenting that as a win kind of, right? Yeah. I helped put them up for adoption. I never saw them again. <laughs> like, oh, <quit>. yay. <laughs> it's a, that does not a, sound like a happy outcome at all. Uh, no, that is not a happy ending. And what did Nicholas really do here? Like Nicholas went to the store, bought some shit. And then narked out the mom for being a bad mom and got her kids taken away from her. That's not a like, you're not, that's not an accomplishment. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Should we keep on, keep on going? I don't know. <laughs> so- <laughs> like this sounds okay. So maybe some of this is helpful to like tell people what not to talk about. Um, I'm skipping down here. (laughs) Okay. So I'm sorry, Nicholas, but we're going to share some of this. I think maybe to tell people what not to say, because some of this stuff I could see other people saying, uh, the next paragraph says the Mongolian government does not function efficiently. Again, it's just like a, a broad judgment of some, governmental of the government in general um i would just cut that entirely the bottom line here is people avoid broad proclamations about institutions or entities that are ginormous um just stick to talking about yourself i hated that i could not help those kids more or follow up on them i heard hearsay that they were still in the system 
Yeah. So now you're just confirming that maybe you didn't help them. A weighty memory hangs in the smog of Ulaanbaatar. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, <laughs> that... <laughs> It's a weighty memory. It's a weighty memory that's hanging in the smog. Your your memories are now out of body. This is just trying you're trying too hard, Nicholas. This is kind of yeah. like your first paragraph. We've seen this before, right? And clearly he listens to the show. And Elisa listens to the show too. Um, I'm very confused. I don't I I don't I don't know how anyone thought that this was good. <laughs> I don't. We we love you guys, but we love you. We do love you. You you all are trash writers. You're so bad at writing. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're just so bad. A weighty memory hangs in the smog of Ulaanbaatar. It's not about you. It's a weird mixed metaphor with a weighty memory <laughs> hanging in the smog. What is that? The fuck are you talking about? <sighs> Uh, no, should we continue? I don't know. I, don't know. I, I feel like we need to let this go. Okay, so here we go. Let's jump ahead to this. This might have some saving grace. I'm at the second to last paragraph. Okay. I lived in the Gobi Desert with my in-laws for four months. Oh, because back up. Sorry. He met his future wife in Mongolia, got married in the States. I lived in the Gobi Desert with my in-laws for four months with no running water or electricity this past summer. My brothers-in-law and I herded 500 sheep and 600 goats, taking them to and from pastures, a process not made easy by drought. Okay, you're telling us what you did. While herding, I found a sheep stranded in the mountains. Mm, Okay. If it was left there, it would have died from lack of food and water. (laughs) Nicholas, are you going to save something else? I had to lasso it down with one brother-in-law using a pulley system. Once we got it... It's not the lasso? (laughs) No. (laughs) Once we got it down, I carried it back to the... Oh, there's the gur again. Yep. I washed the dirt off its fur and fed it. I go around saving people. As I held the clean sheep in my hands, I thought of those abandoned kids during my mission and how their fates still rest in the government's hands. (laughs) Because of me. Because of me. (laughs) And now this sheep is going to be part of our herd. Um, In any case, (laughs) my time in Mongolia defined who I am today. I am re- Oh, 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 Nicholas, do not say this ever. No one ever said this. I am ready for law school to further define me and put my future career in motion. Um, okay. I do not want to face the same experience I faced in Mongolia. I want to fully help individuals and not leave my job unfinished as I did with those kids. I'm aware there's only so much I can do as a law student and attorney, but I will devote my time and energy to becoming the best I can be, just as I did when I was a missionary. Hey, look, future promises are empty. They don't do anything. You only want to say what you did in your past and let people conclude from that. 
how awesome you will be in the future. It's okay to say, I want to go into the JAG Corps or whatever. Like, you can say, there are things that I want to do in the future, but saying that you're, this is like you promising to be awesome. This is, this is, this is the sort of thing that I would imagine, like, an ex coming to someone and saying, like, I promise I'll be better. And it's just like, really? I'm going to make a decision based on what you've done in the past, right? Like, <laughs> that's what law schools are going to do. They're going to look at who you were, not who you're promising to be. So you might as well just not even say it. It, it backfires. It's just like, why are you crying to me about this? Sorry. That's my. Yeah. I 100% don't. Yeah. It, everybody, they people love to do it in the last paragraph. They love to get into this like. I'm ready for law school. Law school is going to help me do these things. Like you're speculating about future shit. I, that's not, that's not the purpose of this document. Yep. The purpose of this document is for you to portray yourself as a lawyer. I want you to look like a lawyer. This looks like a babysitter, goat herder, white guy who doesn't really understand, like not culturally sensitive is what this looks like to me. Yeah. And I mean, I know that Nicholas, he must be a good guy, right? I don't, I don't, I don't mean to, I'm not like actually attacking you, but your, your skeptical reader is going <laughs> to just, that's what they're going to be thinking. You, you're coming off like a white American imperialist going into the, you know, oh, you're going to go like save the, the unwashed, literally unwashed Ben. Yeah. It's like you just that you don't say that. <laughs> and anyway, this isn't lawyer shit. Like, show me some lawyer shit. You get, you know, like, I don't know if people maybe need to take a gap year or three and like get a job in a law firm. And, you know, it's like, show me you doing things that are like actually related to legal practice. Cause this just comes off as like super, super naive. Yeah. I, I think you, put in this paragraph too about saving the sheep because you thought it might show how you can solve problems, but it's, I don't know. It's just not a problem that I can relate to. You saved a sheep. Uh, I'm being honest with you. I don't really care. I like if that sheep had died, I, I don't think the world would be any different. I mean, animals <laughs> die all the time out in the world. Uh, yeah. Sheep and goat herding is just, I don't. <laughs> How far away can you get from the practice of law? Ain't lawyer shit. It is. Yeah. What's one thing that almost no lawyer has ever done? Herded sheep. That's just not a thing that lawyers do. Look, if you had so, done like community organizing in this area, right. like if you had said I herded sheep and goats and there's this problem with like the community because people are fighting over water and I helped organize a meeting that allowed people to come to a solution, yep. I'd be like, wow, I don't care that it has to do with sheep and goats and water in some far off land. That's organizing. That's leadership. I don't know what this is. This is you're a, you're a good Samaritan, but I are trying to be. Um, I don't know if you are with the kids, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's not it's not legal stuff. 
it's not, it's yeah, it's just not at all lawyer. It's not lawyerly at all. It's, it's like you, you are not painting a picture that you have any idea what lawyers do. I, I don't know why you're trying to brag about saving one sheep. Like it, you know, it's like compassion again, right? Like, Ooh, it, it would have died if it weren't for me. It would have died from lack of food and water. We, we saved it. It's and it cheap. Made me think of those kids. It's like this is not what lawyers do. I mean, if it were <laughs> to have any interest, it'd have to be an endangered species. Then some people might be interested in your saving it. But sheep are not endangered because they're domesticated. In any case, um, start over. Start over. Blow it up. And try again. I. I would really like to hear, you know, ideally tell me a story where you're wearing a tie. Yeah. I mean, although maybe he is, he's Mormon missionary. Maybe he's wearing a tie. He is wearing a tie. Short sleeve shirt. Probably in Mongolia if it's hot. With the tie. Mm -hmm. That's my Mm -hmm. guess. It's a good look. (laughs) Um, No, I, 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 when I'm, when I said a tie, I meant in a office, <laughs> like I, I need to hear a professional story. Yeah. I, I think is where I would try to go if I was Nicholas. Cause this is just you living in Ulaanbaatar for two and a half years. Uh, I don't care. It doesn't have anything to do with you being a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. And like weirdly, the story of meeting his wife and stuff too. It's like, I, I, huh? Yeah. What? Uh, who? I don't care. It's not. Is she going to law school? I, I don't get. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. People they people try to get all artistic, right? Mm-hmm. Like they think that they're supposed to be having this. Like they want their statement to be emotional, but that's just not what this assignment is supposed to be. By the way, I would say that um, not to keep talking about our personal statement stuff, but we're <laughs> you and I are doing it so much these days. It's hard not to think about it, and here we are reading a personal statement. This is an example of someone whose sentences are well written, mostly they could be improved, but mostly the sentences are short, they're clear. Uh, the weighty memory hangs in the smog analogy is weird. The <laughs> eaten to the bone is weird. So your analogies are off, um, but your tone is generally clear and concise and easy to understand. And when we're working on people's personal statements, there are two big things that we have to work on. We have to work on what you're going to say and then how you say it. And I think a lot of people out there who are good at how they say things, like Nicholas, Um, they can say clear sentences and they read them and they sound clear and they're easy to read. You don't have to take a breath (laughs) before the end of the sentence. And then they, they like, they look at that and they say, Oh, I have a good personal statement because each of these sentences sounds good. You got to get the content, right? You got to get the story, right? But then you have people out there who have a good story, but they say it in the wrong way or they're boastful in how they say it. And so anyways, that's just something you got to think about as you're writing. What are you going to talk about? And then make sure you say it in a way that's persuasive, 
and clear. Um, but yeah, anyways, you have to think about what the schools want. I mean, the schools want someone who is going to be a strong advocate for their client, right? They, they want a lawyer. They want someone who's going to kick ass in law school. They want someone who's going to kick ass in legal practice, make a lot of money, you know, raise the prestige of the school, donate back to the school, donate back to the school. Absolutely. That's what they want. They're looking for like rockstar lawyers and rockstar lawyers are like killers. So, you know, professional killers and you're supposed to be picturing, you're supposed to be showing yourself as this serious professional person. Yeah. And it does like, I think sometimes people shy away from topics because they think it's too dry, Mm. but lawyers are boring as shit. (laughs) Law school and legal practice. It's so boring. It's so serious. Yeah. You have to be, so don't be afraid of writing about some system that you created at work where you really solved a problem in the office. Like, yeah, that's dry and that's boring, but that's lawyer shit. You know, you now, if I, if that's what you're, you're, you're putting out there, like I created this thing that solved this problem and saved our company a million dollars or whatever it is. That's, uh, that's much better than the dirty faced kids and the goats. Oh boy. All right. Should we, uh, what do you think? Leave it there. Yeah, we could leave it there. I guess we'll get to LSAT in India next time. I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Uh, <laughs> sorry for such a dark today's, <laughs> this is a show has went dark. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, People need to try harder, Ben, on their writing. They need to. They need to try. Yeah. They need to try harder. They need to listen to the show. They need to actually take our advice, and they need to on their personal statements. They need to write about serious things in a in a plain spoken way. And yeah, you're right about Nicholas being a a, a good enough writer. It's just that the the ideas here are not <laughs> appropriate at all. Mm-hmm. Other people, previous other emails that we read today are just. Not good writing <laughs> or content sometimes or content. It's like, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't have sent anything. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> How many listeners do you think we lost? Today? I don't know. What are the download stats? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll be nicer. No, we won't. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's our honest assessment of what we're looking at. So, we could be wrong, but it's We're, it's as we see it. Right. And yeah, you want to say that there's like a lot of subjectivity and that you, you ran it by other people and they thought it was good. Well, that's fine. Maybe they're right. Send it in. <laughs> but Apply to law school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they could be right. Or the two guys who do this professionally, like every day, we could be right. So one of those. Yeah. I don't know. That was uh, show number 169. Thanks all y'all for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school.